This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between BSB students and our world-class faculty. Hello, my name is Lauren Cooper, and welcome to today's edition of Inspiring Minds. I am in the class of 2019, and I'm majoring in economics, marketing, and international business. Today, I have the pleasure of joining Dr. Myron Wilnicki of the Economics Department in the Villanova School of Business. We will be discussing Dr. Wilnicki's recently published paper on the post-neoliberal U.S. economy. Professor Wilnicki, you've just published a policy paper in CIFE. What is CIFE? CIFE is a Center of International Formation de Europeenne. It's a private institution of higher education and research founded in 1954. They publish a quarterly journal on European affairs and the refereed policy papers on integration, international affairs, federalism, uh, bringing together various experts in economics, law, sociology, culture. Uh, the policy papers are directed for broader public uh, officials in European institutions, diplomats, consultants, researchers, lobbyists, and academic experts. What is your policy paper about, and why is it relevant today? Uh, let me put into perspective, uh, then I will explain the relevance. Uh, American productivity is declining. The declining is a part of a long-term trend. Economist Robert Gordon has shown that the U.S. productivity growth has slowed down uh, from a pace of about 3% a year between 1930 and 1970 to an average of about 1% in 1970 if we exclude a brief uh, spurt in late 1990s and early 2000s. McKinsey Global Institute calls it a productivity puzzle. And here are some explanations. One is that we may not be measuring productivity correctly. Measuring productivity growth is much harder to assess in a modern service-based economy than it was when manufacturing dominated. For example, McKinsey estimates say that about 27 of the benefits from free products like Google Search, Facebook, uh, Skype are not accounted for in current productivity measurements. However, this uh, would only explain a small part of the decline. Facebook, Skype, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, they improve communication, but uh, also they are time-consuming entertainment. Uh, they are very nice, but they do not increase productivity as they should. Does this mean we're too preoccupied by social media in order to be productive? Uh, no. The fun is good, uh, but there are two serious problems here. One is that as a nation, we do not save and invest enough. In the past decade, uh, the share of U.S. domestic investment in GDP fell to its lowest point in more than 60 years. Second problem is that most of the capital investment is misplaced, and it should go to artificial intelligence, material research, uh, robotics, chemistry, energy generation, new batteries technology, cheaper and better transportation, NES, education. We put capital in less productive technologies because that is what the market is telling the CEOs to do. Moreover, since Americans do not save enough, we must import capital. We invest uh, other nations' savings, which is basically debt and imported capital to the tune of $1.8 billion a day in areas which do not contribute to productivity rise. <laughs> Lauren, 
you are a triple major at Villanova. You allocate your human capital the best way you can. And you basically optimize allocation of your resources to be productive in the future and earn a long run return on your investment. You are thinking about the future. The US corporations maximize return on a quarterly basis, maybe one or two years, maximum. This makes a difference. Professor Wolnicki, so the market system has not worked since 1970? Uh, it has, but it needs a major correction. The post-liberal market economy needs an outside agent. Yes, this is the US government to correct the system of market and electoral deficiencies. Corporations do well, but the national economy does not. Uh, Harvard historian Niall Ferguson said that the US has fallen into what Adam Smith called the stationary state, a formerly wealthy country that stopped growing, where rich elite exploits uh, laws and regulations to the detriment of business and individuals, and where worsening inequality will lead to social upheaval. What do you propose for a solution in your policy paper in CIFE? To reverse the decline in productivity, I propose a set of reforms called the American Entrepreneurial State. It's not a call to put the economy under state control. This would be naive and wrong. Nobody believes that the U.S. government would be better running AIG, Bank of America, or General Motors. So in this paper, you're advocating for increased government involvement in business. How can that help make corporations more efficient? First, we need federal corporate charter. U.S. corporations should be chartered by the federal government, not by states. States seeking uh, revenues from incorporations are in a kind of race to the bottom in terms of CEO responsibility to stakeholders and stockholders. The new charter could create an even playing field and common standards for cooperation uh, within the government and businesses. The federal charter should adopt the Scandinavian or German standards mandating representatives of uh, employees on boards, uh, putting emphasis on job training and uh, restricting runaway CO bonuses. I propose to set up Japanese-style advisory councils to facilitate contacts between government representatives and business leaders and to resolve the issue of uh, sharing technology, access capacity, trade barriers, quality control, and meeting standards of uh, federal use of energy. This should uh, replace very inefficient and not so completely transparent lobbying industry, uh, changing industrial regulations through the auction of campaign contributions is not a very efficient system. And it puts small technology firms in disadvantage. This reduces general productivity. In table two of your paper, you're discussing reviewing current U.S. trade deals. The Trump administration is currently addressing changes to terms of trade. How would you propose that they implement fair trade? I propose to create a Department of International Competitiveness to make sure there is a, a level playing field for foreign and domestic technology firms in the world markets, work with the WTO system rather than using protectionist tariffs. It's true that we had asymmetric uh, liberalization and many countries have taken advantage of this situation. 
Uh, China has 24% tariff on U.S. cars and basically tariff-free access to the U.S. market. But our tariff on Chinese electronics would penalize not China, but Asian supply chain. Uh, there is no good solution to trade war. Uh, we have to negotiate. Otherwise, the punitive tariff on China becomes a penalty on U.S. farmers. And uh, we will have fewer bridges in the U.S. because more expensive steel. The bottom line is that the U.S. should start not bringing back sunset manufacturing jobs, but foster technology-based industries and exports. Our best exports are services, and they are invisible. We do not have to produce bicycles, car parts in the United States, but to make an export of the best planes, robots, electric cars, medical equipment in the world. This Department of International Competitiveness, in my opinion, should include National Science and Technology Committee and National Science Foundation. The United States government has been a divided government for about the last 20 years. How can a government that can't agree on policy implement this framework that you suggest? What would have to change for them to be able to agree on policy choices? Lauren, uh, in liberal democracy, all starts with political process and voters. We need stop talking about the government as a problem, but as a critical element of the solution to declining productivity and an initiator of a massive effort we need in technology and exports. In Germany, South Korea, Singapore, Sweden, the governments are successful partners of corporations, not enemies. I'm talking about the government employing educated, competent professionals who are immune to the political cycles. Sometimes in the class, I'm asking my students who would like to work for the government, and only very, very few hands are raised. Modern government should not be autocratic, but serve as a goal setter, an efficient rule maker. Uh, the shift of economic power from west to the east is accelerating. We have tremendous capacity to surprise the world with escape to the future, with the American entrepreneurial state. Thank you very much, Professor Wolnicki, for speaking with me today on this episode of Inspiring Minds. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research topics with our world-class faculty.